Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we start, some truly amazing news. The audience figures for podcasts year-on-year have just come in, and the ruck has doubled in its numbers, something we're really genuinely thrilled about. So thank you for everyone out there and all the panellists who contributed to the success. We're absolutely thrilled. I'm not surprised with slick intros either. Welcome to The Ruck, the Times and Sunday Times weekly podcast. This week, there's a torrent of stuff to talk about. There was a fantastic story which appeared in the Sunday Times on Sunday. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it, about a new global rugby competition. It was a bizarre weekend. No one in the Premiership, apparently, wants to come fourth. Only three teams are playing with any consistency. In the Tyrrells Premier 15s, a major contender to the established teams has apparently now been thrown up. The panel, first of all, lesser members of the panel um, are the great Owen Slot, the rugby correspondent of the Times, and his colleague Alex Lowe, also of the Times. And our second most amazing news story of the day, we've got one of rugby's biggest names, almost a goddess, arrived at the studio today with a uniformed retinue of helpers and minders and in a coach drawn by six black stallions. Daniel Waterman won 92 caps for England. Daniel Waterman just lost 10 <laughs> caps for England and has now been reduced to 82. She's a World Cup winner and seriously, and seriously, one of the most remarkable sports people some of us have come across. An absolutely wonderful player and an influence and an ambassador and the determination of, of, of Danielle was staggering. I remember she told me a story about her coming back from a serious injury after she was written off, and it, it, it typified the spirit of rugby, typified the spirit of women's rugby, because when everyone had written her off, she came back and probably played as well as ever. Later, Danielle will be uh, revealing her plans for a quick um, resolution of the Brexit problem. <laughs> Welcome, Danielle. Guys, let's just see what you've been up to, what you did on the last weekend, rugby-wise or real-life-wise. Danielle. I wasn't playing this weekend. I left the younger players um, to do the job against Worcester, and I went down to my local rugby club in Minehead, where I started the game, and I was supporting my brother, who actually wasn't wearing a Minehead Barbarian shirt. He was wearing a Western Supermare blue strip. He was wasn't donning the fullback shirt he was the replacement um but he was in an 18 I don't know whether it's because he was a bit big for the replacement back shirt or not but he did all right what is he now 37 so 
And he's, he's, he's left the great club and he's become a Judas at, with Wesley Supermare. <laughs> he has, and he also, um, yeah, he also set up, I think, what was a winning try. Not that I'd ever say that to him. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had the whole family there. My dad was there, my other brother, my auntie, my uncle, um, my dog, my boyfriend, everybody. Fantastic. <laughs> Slotty, that's like going from you joining the Telegraph, that, that sort of thing, leaving Minehead and going, going know, to the West End. I'm a bit shaken and stirred by that. That's unbelievable. Rugby, rugby people are above that. Alex Lowe, where were you on the weekend, mate? Well, I enjoyed the golf. Kind of in, unable to escape the, the drama of the golf. Um, watched uh, the Newcastle Wasps game Friday night. Great encounter, actually. I thought really uh, Newcastle should have won it, really kicking themselves. But Wasps just brought on the, the England players and. Uh, made for a great finish, um, and I caught a bit of the uh, the Stafford State Racing game over the weekend, which wasn't it was it wasn't an amazing game, but it was a, another tight finish, and it just reminded me of how close those two clubs came to to merging, and, and what a, a crying shame that really would have been had it happened because Stad are obviously flying now, but it was just you know it was a, a sold out occasion and, and a, a really great. A really great rivalry, which which nearly died died a death. Owen, I guess you were underwhelmed by the Leicester Sale game. Yeah, I was at uh, Welford Road, so I, it was so underwhelming. I'll tell you about my Saturday rugby instead. So I watched an under-16s game at uh, RGS Guildford. Uh, Slot Junior was playing, and for this season... He's been he, his mother can never work out who he is, so he so he bought a new scrum cap, which is orange, with a blue top, so he sticks out like a mile. And with ten minutes to go. Something amazing happened. This bloke with an orange scrum cap and a blue top, he intercepted the, the opposition's pass and ran 25 yards to score a try. And just when he touched it down, his mother said to me, who was that? Uh, well, what, what, what can you do? Anyway, it was a great did moment. Did you say there was a clue in the orange <laughs> scrum hat? Premiership, we can talk men's and women's. I was at Saracens on Saturday for the visit of Bath's second team. Saracens are absolutely flying at the moment. Um, not only the first team, but they got some strong reserves as well. Tolafura up front, um, Tito Lamisitele uh, also up front, Will Skelter. None of these guys are really uh, starters in the team, but my goodness, they were they were frightening. Bath bought a second team, which um, which was controversial. Uh, I think they've been hammered in the papers today, and I think they deserved it because I think when you are a team at the bottom of the league and you're trying to target just three or four games to win to stay up it's something else but when you're fourth in the league it just shows something that is wrong in the heart and soul of them I think when you concede the game before it's even started I, I completely agree I read your piece and um, and I, I think they are the criticism was well deserved I think if I do have a, a slither of sympathy for them, but it's not. It, it's more to do with the bigger picture and, and what we've discussed on the podcast before about just having to f- force these players to go to the well every week without a break. The squads are getting smaller because player wages are rising, and the only way to keep the stars is to have fewer players on on the books. You know whose whose fault is that? Um, there are so many different elements in play that I can. I can see why if Todd Black had, a, had to pick one game to, to sacrifice, he'd pick Saracens. But it's a really, really bad look for the league. I have absolutely huge amounts of sympathy for Blackadder in this. I'm not saying I'm right, but I think it's it. What he, the decision he took, was a reflection of where rugby is at the moment. Yeah. So if you're Blackadder, so the minutiae of it is, if you're Blackadder and you've got Saracens away one week and an extra at home the next. The chances of you winning either of them are small, so you're going to target one of them. 
and extra at home is the one you're most likely to win. So either you go all in for that one game and try and survive the first one, which is what he did, or you do a compromise and lose them both, which would have been poor management in my opinion. So that's one reason why I sympathise with what he did. Secondly, as, as, as Alex was just saying, we come in here week in, week out talking about player welfare and how the Irish players are better looked after. They don't play as much. That's why they perform better when they have to perform. And here you have a director of rugby who is trying to do that. And he's, get, and he's got hammered for it. And so I have huge amounts of sympathy for him. What it says about the league, it, it doesn't say anything about it. It doesn't, it doesn't sing for the league. It's a disgrace to the league. It's a disgrace to that game. So I don't think anyone's right or wrong. I just think this is just a real pinpoint, minute moment where we look at the game and go, it's not working. Completely. We've, we've also criticised on this podcast before the Pro 14 and how Leinster can go to, to Ospreys with a second team and win. they didn't sacrifice that game because they won it. But the, we judge the, the strength or otherwise of the Pro 14 on the basis that teams can can field second string sides away from home and and the Premiership is always held up as this, this kind of meaty, uh, relentlessly excellent competition because every game is a, is a huge physical um, test. But while well, we say it's... Just hang a second, this, this, this ask for a, a, a Bath-based opinion. Danielle, your dad was a, a Bath um, a doyen for, for years. What, what would he think about his team sending a second team to a big fixture? Um, I think it's really tough because you've all alluded to the fact that it's a real, really attritional um, season for all the players. I think as a player, it's really difficult if you aren't quite making the cut for the starting team to then go and play the the people that are at the top of the league. And also with wholesale changes, you're not actually alongside, you're not getting your opportunity alongside some of the starting players. And I suppose it, it's great for them to be able to play, um, but as I say from a playing perspective it's ne- you're never going to be able to produce your best and also it's kind of a it's got the potential of ruin- ruining a fixture because it's like well we've got nothing to lose because we're the underdogs and so they just try everything and they chuck everything out the window in terms of structure and play you know as it happens they got some interception tries and they did alright and they they you know can help hold their heads up high but did they play the pathway? did they actually produce a performance that will put them in the contention for being a starting player as well, I, I, I'm not sure. And the thing is, as well, look, you, player welfare is 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 um, has been big, obviously in our paper for, for in papers for for donkeys years. But if you're going to leave players out when you are fourth, it means that you have eight clubs below you in the league, and you could have chosen the twelfth, eleventh, tenth to to leave your play, leave your players out and that for me not only it was maybe a player welfare decision it was it was a it was the fact of life that deep down they didn't have the remote self belief to go up and take on Saracens the, the, and that and that's I, shocking the reason i only have a slither of sympathy for blackadder rather than than Sotti's more overwhelming sympathy is because i just think there are more scientific ways of rotating a squad and resting players and I, I think that it's right that, that we're in a position as Slotty said where players cannot play every week and um, and I believe that, that managing them is the correct thing to do I don't believe that sending up a second string and sacrificing a game is the way to do it Jonesy if, you, if you're Blackadder and you've got two options one is to lose both games be competitive and, and put as good a team as you can out or take one on the chin and then beat Exeter which would you take? 
Well, uh, I'd probably take the second one, uh, but you're so automatically assuming they'll taken. beat Exeter, no, which I'm, they won't. I'm not assuming that at all. I think they probably won't. But but he's he's loaded his his he's played his hand to try and get that. Uh, he's told the whole division that they're not good enough to be in the top four because he doesn't think they are himself. Well, maybe you get into the top four by playing smart like that. That that's what he's trying to do. On the subject of the top four. <laughs> The, the, the division has got three great teams at the top. The rest of them are ever-changing. Sale are at the bottom. I could easily see Sale finishing sixth. Gloucester and, and, and Bath are up there. They could easily sink down. It, there is a l- lack of consistency in the division, in, in the premiership. There's been some really exciting rugby. The attacking side of the game Agreed. is fantastic. The, yeah. the tries that are being scored across the board for a number of different teams are brilliant. I then question actually what's happening to the defensive structures. And Leicester have had a hammering um, about their defence because of the the tries that they're leaking. But actually all teams watching from kind of the outside of the men's game, a lot of tries shouldn't be scored in terms of, you know, Saracen scoring off set piece. I mean, how often do you see that? And yes, it was great skill, but the Bath defence should be much better than that. so, yeah, the, the defensive coaches are going to need to start earning their, their money. Um, I'm not quite sure who it was. Um, was. It was talking about how English rugby at the moment is not really fast because the weather is allowing it. It's not, you know, that really attritional kind of battle of the breakdown because it's wet, it's cold, it's muddy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the attacking side fa- like fares in the next well, few months. When it gets more wintry. Yeah. A very fair point. There was a, there was a 45-40 game on the weekend. It sounds like the old days of the Super 12, Arthur. It does. And, and, and Nolly's right about the, the defence. I mean, I was at Leicester last week and they were cut open twice, I think, from first phase. And it was just, it was very straightforward attacking play, and, and Leicester were befuddled by it. And afterwards, Murphy just said, We've had so many defensive systems in, over the last few years, we actually don't know what we're doing. And he took responsibility for that. And uh, then they conceded three again at the weekend. And uh, I know that the, the, the referees are trying to encourage attacking rugby now after Eddie Jones had a, had a word with them and monitor the breakdown in a way that encourages that, that style of rugby. And it has been, it has been entertaining. You know, you wouldn't want to be a defence coach at the moment, I don't think. But it, and that inconsistency, Jonesy actually does. You know, although it it does create a gap between the top three and the rest, it does make for the unpredictability is fantastic for the no, league. I, I totally agree. I oh. think we're revising our uh, the, our opinion of the Premiership quite quickly here, aren't we? In in so far as first sort of three weeks when we were talking about it, everyone was going, "What this competition is it the best it's ever been?" I mean, we we had those are discussions that we were having, and and and, and they were very valid, and then. Two weeks later, suddenly the cream has risen to the top and it looks familiar. I don't like to say it, but it looks slightly disappointing because if you ask any rugby journalist who they thought was going to be the uh, the Premiership final at the end of May, we'd all say the same, wouldn't we? Everyone would say it's going to be Saracens Exeter. We want more competition there. I mean, dis- disagree, am I wrong? Who, who would say anything else? Well, I ju- I, that's what the point I'm making. I just think that we need three or four teams to come up to, and challenge for the top six, where at the moment any team in there could be in the top six. While we're talking Premiership, another global world exclusive, um, Alex, we've heard from Worcester this morning. Yes, so the Worcester Warriors have been up for sale for over a year now, um, initially valued at just under £30 million. Um, they lost £8 million in the last year and, and were paying more in salaries than, than they, they got in. They've now completed the sale to a consortium that the Scottish Rugby Union were interested, but the consortium that's taken over includes Jed McCrory, who was the, the chairman and owner of Swindon Town, and includes David Seymour, the former 
Saracens and Sale flanker. They're promising, well, they're, they're committing to keeping Worcester at six ways, which was one of the concerns among supporters was that a new owner would come in and move them. Um, they're committing to to redeveloping six ways and I know the tender document which I saw last year sort of outlined that the possibilities that, that are on available on site for a, a new north stand a hotel shopping centre and the new owners come in with with a promise to help turn Worcester I think help help Worcester achieve their potential which has, has been grossly under uh, underachieved so far T- totally agree first of all an p- important question Gary Lineker advertises crisps on TV do we like his soggy old rubbish, or do we prefer Tyrell's crisps? Owen? Uh, okay, easy, easy answer, Tyrell's any day of the week. Tyrell's, for Tyrell's. me, for sure. 100% Tyrell's, and I'm a crisp <laughs> fiend, so... Flavours as well. Well, there's, there's more, it's Tyrell's are more as well as Lineker's old rubbish. Round four has just been completed of the Premier 15s anyway. In the absence of, of Danielle, Wasps still beat Worcester, which is, is a shock and possibly may, may have to make a fight for a position next time. No, that was a joke. Uh, Bristol beat Darlington, Moden Park. Wasps beat Worcester. Harlequins uh, beat Forward Waterloo. Richmond lost at home to Saracens. And amazingly, Loughborough Lightning uh, won at Gloucester Hartbury 41 40 with a last minute penalty try. Let's hope for his sake the ref, whoever it was or whoever she was, got that right. Danielle, you've had a couple of weeks off, but your impression, first of all, of the whole league, because it seems to me, after an amazing start last year, it's shifted up a gear again? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you can definitely tell the the input in terms of strength and conditioning, coaching, video analysis, and all of those aspects um, that are allowing all of the players to become much better athletes across the board and not just the elite players. Um, I think the, the talk of the women's... Uh, women's league at the moment is Loughborough Lightning they're a strong outfit they they nicked our tight head Justine Lucas who actually lives up in Birmingham so we don't mind she's just now not commuting down to Wasps um, but mainly uh, they've also got Katie Daly-McLean didn't play at the weekend and I think that that's why um, there was a, a more of a shift towards Gloucester Hartbury uh, nearly winning that game and I'm sure Susie Appleby would have been uh, been swissing apples if, uh, with that penalty try at the end you know, we were just talking about the men's league, and you you need more contenders. You you know, you need more contenders than than there were last year when there were probably three real powerful teams in, in the league which stood out. But to, to have Loughborough coming from nowhere almost and and being competitive, I mean, I, I'm sorry to remind you, but they did have quite a big win, home win, away win against Wasps. I mean, surely that's what partly what the league's all about. People really getting themselves together and improving. It's really important and fundamental for the development of not, you know, it, the league is not just about the teams that are playing. It's about the opportunity to um, develop and progress players um, across the board. We've got a lot of international players coming over to play over here now, which is changing the dynamic of the women's game. Um, I personally really enjoy playing alongside people from other countries, um, especially when we've got people like Claire Malloy. Uh, she's pretty decent um, in our back row. But um, in terms of the other competitors, Bristol Bears are doing um, really well. Uh, our scoreline against them right at the start probably didn't reflect the game. Um, Kim Oliver, their head coach, is doing a really good job with a very young side. And it's just so exciting to be able to sit back and and, and see so many talented younger players involved at this level. Um, and hopefully that will really come to fruition in terms of the England side um, in the next few years as well. OK, that's uh, the Premiership up to date, really. Um 
Autumn International's coming along at a, at a rare pace, guys. Owen, we talked about the Premiership and selection and everything, but what about individuals? Because now people are desperate to, to show Eddie something. Who have you seen who could be coming from the back to for, for the autumn? I think there have been a, f- a few rising stars, and it's obviously late to break in. Uh, the player that I think most likely to break in from, from well, well from the outside is uh, the Bath winger Joe Thokonasinga. He, he's got something that, that Eddie hasn't been able to find before, which, which is the, uh, a, a back three player who's got real power, weight, uh, massive ball carrier. So, he, so uh, he's been good. I'll just put one other name out uh, as well, which I probably sound really stupid because we know he's been overlooked over and over, but he is now in the squad, Dan Robson. He's been playing really well. I'm not being convinced by Ben Young's this season. Season. I haven't seen Danny Kerr live yet. I hope you can see him this weekend. But Robson's he's taken a leap up the pecking order and he's now in the squad, so maybe Eddie's going to give him a chance. Alex. We talked last week about how you can never quite read what Eddie's planning and you have to pick up the clues along the way. For a year, a year, maybe two years, every time Eddie's been asked a question about Dan Robson, he refuses to be complimentary. Last week, he was asked a question about somebody else and for the first time paid a compliment to Dan Robson and said how well he'd been playing. And that that's the kind of the, the way he rolls a little bit. I just wonder whether actually he he's he's putting the pressure on Karen uh, and Young. So I don't think Young has been playing very well. I think Leicester think he's been playing very well. Uh, so him, um, and I know Sotty scribbled him down too, but Michael Rhodes has now been in the squad in the summer and in the, the, the last training camp. And I think he could answer a lot of the issues that Eddie Jones has on the blind side. Danielle. I definitely agree with Dan Robson. I like a um, quick, energetic nine, and that's definitely what he brings um, with Waspies. Um, from the women's side, um, Lucy Atwood, uh, she's been playing with the under-20s at 10 and 12, um, but has started this season with Bristol at 13, um, and I think Kim's selection has been superb with Amber Reid um, and Ellen Snow, so in, in side of her um, and Claudia McDonald who's the transfer from 15 to 9 and she's come down and playing at Wasps um, she's still got a lot to learn um, to run the game um, because she's actually in in terms of her rugby years is still quite green but um, I think her athleticism her attitude um, and her commitment uh, to the cause is, is brilliant I think she'll definitely be putting her hand up England have got USA Canada and Ireland in the autumn for the first time, they'll be without one of their talismanic, not to say volcanic players. Neither Rocky nor Danielle will be there. Um, have you got the toughest part of your retirement from the team still to come when they run out there? Um, I think so. Uh, I did spend a number of years on the sideline injured, but I always had the goal and the drive to get back into that white shirt. Um, genuinely intrigued to see how the back form back three forms um, who they bring in Sarah McKenna has come back from um, sevens and is playing 15 at the moment for Saris it's not the playing it's the it's the friendships the camaraderie the fr- that you know the good laugh that you have in the change rooms before and after um, and, and we really did have fun last season uh, so I think I'll um, be missing that desperately but at the same time cheering on a, a very new look and young and exciting team I think you're here to announce your comeback. (laughs) No, it takes too much training to be able to do that. (laughs) Well, good luck with the transition anyway. Have you ever thought what you'd, um, in a career, uh, and this would apply to all the girls, because you were never fully professional. In fact, you were rarely, rarely fully professional. It's only on Jan 1 when the whole 15 side becomes professional. Did you, have you ever considered where you could have been career-wise had you not played all that stuff uh, and, and been away for so long 
and where would you be career-wise and what sort of huge car would you be driving now? <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I've had to travel the world and do what I have done if I hadn't played rugby. I've always been around education and sport. Um, my mm. dad was a um, maths teacher, deputy head and head teacher down in Minehead. So whether I'd stayed in education and I'm not, oh God, I'm not quite sure. Probably have a little bit more money in the bank than I do have now, but hey, it's worth all the, all the experience was definitely, you can't put a price on that. <laughs> the, the flip side of that question is though, now from joining the first, the girls will be fully professional. Can you just explain to us what that, what that means for them and for not having to, to, to juggle a career with, with all the trainings you just described and, and what it will mean for England? Because from our perspective, it feels like the RFU were rather forced into doing it with their, their arm twisted behind their back. That's the way it looks like. Now that they're there, what does it mean? And are those contracts good enough to allow the players to actually to really concentrate on rugby full-time? I think I do believe that the RFU wanted to do this and they do support it. Um, And Nigel Melville has been very passionate about moving the women's game forward and unfortunately he took, you know, the money could only go so far and his initial investment was into the Premier League um, with Tyrrells. In terms of the contracts, they are fundamental for the women to move forward. Um, we've managed for too long balancing a career alongside a career, um, and you just can't be the best athlete that you can, you know, that and and have the potential. You run the risk of potentially more injuries, more burnout, um, and also you don't have the career development away from rugby anyway because you're asking for extra time off. You're you need a job that's flexible that gives you you know last year we did 33 working days um for our eps agreement for them to be able to to not have to work full-time is amazing um in terms of the salaries they haven't been set and they haven't been discussed they will allow the girls uh, well i'm in the belief that they they will allow the girls to to not have to work as well but you've got to understand that also people are coming from careers where they've got a a cost of living that's attributed to that Um, so there's going to be some decisions financially for them anyway but this is all that the girls have wanted and I'm sure that they will um, take the opportunity with both hands. Good for them guys I always um, wake up in the middle of the night and panic what I would have done had I not sneaked into journalism what would you what would you have done had had you not been able to get in what was your second career? Well, I never, I never actually tried anything else. History teacher, just so all history the things teacher. you could have done. I mean, you know, yeah. a guy with your talents. Um, well, I, I, I kind of um, empathise with with what Nolly was saying because um, I play football on Monday nights, and and I always think how good I could have been if I'd been able to train full time and not do journalism sort of the way I do. Um, so I, yeah, probably football. I would have been a footballer. Okay, sense a certain irony <coughs> in the answer. Do you know my job? I was I I used to do I'd be a spot welder in a factory in Caerphilly called Catnick, and we used to make aluminium door or window lintels. So if one of your rooms falls in and collapses, I probably made that lintel. We used to make these big lintels, and I used to be the spot welder. I used to go along welding them on together. How long were the shifts? Eight hours, but it took me two hours to get there either way, and um, because I live miles away, to get get two buses there and two buses back. But um, it was absolutely great. I kept in touch with all my fellow welders. Anyway, you could have been sitting here, one of the world's great welders. I could have. Well, you just what? became a rugby writer. I could have been. I could have been a contender as a welder. Seriously, yeah. this is the ruck. We'll be back after this short message. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Okay, moving on. Um, it's just over a year ago since Ed Jackson, the number eight who played for London Welsh and other clubs, uh, suffered a very, very serious neck injury. In fact, he broke his neck diving into a swimming pool. That was only just a year ago, and um, was told at the time it was unlikely he'd be able to walk again. Well, since then. He's walked absolutely miles, most of it uphill. Recently, he completed the ascent of Mount Bue in Switzerland. It was part of the Restart Rugby campaign. That's to get funds into Restart Rugby, uh, to look after injured and retired players, also to provide funding for physical and psychological uh, treatment uh, for them. Ed's Alpine Challenge, EDS. A-L-P-I-N-E-C-H-A-L-L-E-N-G. Ed's Alpine Challenge, one word, on Just Giving. We'll link you to it and give you more information. But uh, Ed did the job, still um, plastered up, still with uh, splints on, got to the top, and it was a magnificent achievement, as I say, only just a year since he broke his neck. Good luck to Ed. I think we should get him on the podcast, don't you? We should do. Good luck to Ed, and good luck to Restart Rugby. And if he thought, Climbing Mount Buett was difficult. Try some sitting here on the podcast. <laughs> We're going to go on now to our god or goddess of the week. It's a highly coveted award. I'll be giving the casting vote. We're going to go one by one through the contenders and uh, see what we come up with. Mine, I'm going to start. Long ignored by Eddie Jones. Playing better and better and better. Indeed, like a maestro. Some combination of... He, he's playing with some combination of... Will Skelton and Danielle Waterman with the, the power and the brilliance. Alex Good, everyone says, what has he got to do to get in the England squad? Alex is my god of the week. Any England squad which doesn't involve him is a farce. Danielle. I should really pick a female player, but 
this weekend seeing his footwork was absolutely insane so Sonotti Sonotti um, just mesmerising um, come back from injury and I think yeah Sinotti. he's pretty decent Sonotti Sonotti and, and Sothi's God of the Week entrant Alex Lowe oh, <clears throat> I had Alex Good uh, down on my my list as well but if we, if he's already if his name's already put forward then maybe it's my turn to propose a golf a golf entry for this uh, and I'll go for uh, Molinari and uh, Fleetwood uh, for their brilliance at the Ryder Cup it's uh, very fair I mean, Molinari come from nowhere and he's a West Ham fan and he's a West Ham fan coached by Dave Allred Dave Allred the former in Johnny Wilkinson so everything has a rugby coach in the end very it clever. does yeah it does Owen, all strong contenders. You better come up with someone good. Yeah, no, mine's going to win. Um, not really seen much since the Lions tour. Got injured in November last year. Uh, terrible ankle injury. He's been out for 11 months. Came back for Scarlets at the weekend. Scored two tries on his comeback game. Jonathan Davis played outstandingly well. Uh, for me, he's got to have it, mate. It's a very difficult one. I, I have to say that it's just so difficult and I may even bottle it and, and I'm afraid I am going to go outside rugby this week because five out of five by Molinari. Uh, <laughs> he's never won anything whatsoever before the uh, before he became the Open champion. He'd be so pleased, wouldn't he? Just fantastic. I mean, he won the Ryder Cup but what he really wanted was to get God of the Week on this. As soon as he said yesterday, right, attention now switches to the ruck yep. in, in, uh, in England. Thanks so much for listening to us today on The Ruck. And I'm just going to hand you over to Owen because we've got a bonus ruck this week, Owen. Yeah, we have. Uh, I'm looking forward to recording this tomorrow. So uh, at the weekend, there's a special game at uh, that's been moved to Twickenham. The Northampton Saints-Leicester game has been played there uh, specifically to salute and to raise money for Rob Horn, the Australian international, who was uh, very badly injured in a game for Saints uh, towards the end of last season. He's still disabled uh, from that game. Uh, his life has been changed forever on the back of uh, one um, rugby incident. No one to blame. It's just one of those things. Uh, so I'll be speaking to, to him tomorrow for a uh, Ruck special, which I think you should be able to download from Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Arthur, what's your week? You'll be uh, digging into the Worcester story now? Yeah, I think that that's my, my job for this afternoon. Go and have a look at the, uh, the people who've bought the club, see whether um, the fans really can be confident of the future. Danielle, um, know the dog's in recovery. Uh, you'll be back on the rugby field shortly I will um, back into training we've got salaries in a couple of weeks um, but I'm also coaching the Wasp Centre of Excellence on Saturday so look forward to seeing some of the young under 18 talent that have joined us this season fantastic we've got Europe to look forward to as, to as well good luck with your transition out of international rugby I have to say hand on heart I've got so many fantastic memories of, of you playing and, and, and supporting and, and gilding the sport It'll be difficult for you not to be out there and it'll be difficult for all those people who've thrilled to all your play with England over the years. Um, sorry we're a bit serious today sometimes. Sorry I got all the links wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million to everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, for uh, being our audience and doubling our audience. Please stay with us. Please tell your friends. And also, we didn't touch on junior rugby today, but... Uh, wherever you are on the weekend, whether you're at a game, whether you're watching, whether you're playing at any level, having a drink or coaching or refereeing, just have a fantastic week. Owen will be back later this week with another ruck. And in the meantime, thanks Owen Slot, thanks Alex Lowe, and thanks Danielle Waterman. It was great to have you all. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.